0: What's good, Ohio? I am your host, James Hayes, and this is What's Good, Ohio podcast, where we talk to the activists, organizers, visionaries, and good troublemakers coming together to make our state better for everyone. No exceptions. My co-host today is Sarah Roddenberg from Policy Matters, Ohio. What's good, Sarah?
1: Hello, James. I am so incredibly excited to be here celebrating the defeat of issue one on August 8th in Ohio with that special election. We're joined today by Petey Tally from Ohio Unity Coalition and Black Ohio Leaders for Democracy, Kyle Markham from Ohio Citizen Action Education Fund, and Ray Green Jr. from the Freedom Block. Welcome, everyone.
0: Yes, welcome, everyone. We're so excited to be talking with you all. I'm really excited for this conversation because you know people around the country are paying attention to Ohio right now and are really excited about the win, and we want to make sure that people get a chance to hear from the leaders who. We're working this whole summer on the ground, talking to Ohioans every single day, making sure that people knew about this election, making sure people knew about issue one and how dangerous it was for our democracy and turning people out to vote. The voter turnout was amazing. And it gives me a lot of hope going forward. So I'm really excited to be speaking with each of you. Maybe we could start just having y'all introduce yourselves real quick. Petey, maybe you could uh, begin and just tell us a little about yourself and the work you do and and the organization that you're with.
2: Great. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm exhausted, but I'm excited. So I'm still running on high adrenaline at this point. I'm Petey Talley and I'm the executive director of the Ohio Coalition on Black Civic Participation. But on the street, we're known as Ohio Unity Coalition. We're a 501c3 organization that engages the black community to increase its civic participation through voter registration. Through educating the community about what issues are happening on the ballot and/or candidates, which can't, whether we're in a presidential or a local election, and then we work really hard to turn those voters out. And in 2020, I thought it's great that we're able to do work in a nonpartisan way, but sometimes it makes sense for us to really. Talk about a candidate, a specific candidate that may be running for office that may be good for our voters in the Black community or not so good. And so we established in 2020, Black Ohio Leaders for Democracy. It is a 501c4. So when we need to speak to those same voters, not only about being registered to vote, but we need to educate them on a particular candidate's policy or do a comparison of two candidates that may be running for office. Our organization, Black Ohio Leaders for Democracy, give us the opportunity to do that. And so we were happy. And in this election, we were kind of pushing on both of those organizations, for the various strengths, each of those, where it makes sense.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. Kyle, I would love to, if you get a chance to introduce yourself and tell folks more about how Citizen Action.
3: Yeah, my name is Kyle Markham, pronouncing him. I am the political director of Ohio Citizen Action Education Fund. We are a grassroots advocacy group dedicated to clean water and air and a sustainable environment for Ohioans, as well as defending the rights of voters and energy consumers to have their voice heard.
1: And then, Ray, did you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about Freedom Block.
4: Yes, definitely. Ray Green, Jr. Executive Director of the Freedom Block Akron, Ohio. Our mission is to build Black leadership through civic engagement, civic education, leadership development, and economic reinvestment. We take data from the community and turn it into ballot initiatives. We use that campaign to develop leaders that positions us to win future elections. So we are so glad to be a part of this particular ballot initiative and ultimately saving democracy in Ohio.
1: That's amazing. Thank you so much, Ray. Let's just get right into it and talk about this amazing election. Uh, The first question we have here is progressives and progressive candidates. Policies have struggled to win statewide elections in the past decade. What worked about the vote? No campaign specifically. What do you think was different about this campaign? How did we win?
2: I'm going to take privilege and do ladies first. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I think what contributed to the win was, first of all, a lot of different groups that represent various constituencies in Ohio all came together and viewed this not just as a threat on one particular part of the constituency, but on all of us. Um, this was a direct attack on our democracy. And while I know that some of the spin in the post election media that we're hearing that it was about abortion rights, and while From a notorious standpoint, that might have been the motivation for the politicians. We saw it as a direct threat on our democracy, not just on that issue, but a host of the issues that really any one of us could be in a position to have impacted when policymakers decide that they want to consolidate power unto themselves. And so for me, it was about the attack on all of us and how we were able to come together and just Understand that as a reality, and make sure that we could take the message to whatever constituency we may represent, and give them that information, and find issue something that we knew the voters that we represent would get and get that. And what was also great about this election, in my opinion, it wasn't just coming down from above. I, I remember earlier on in the campaign, some of the uh, people with the one person one vote campaign were saying, "Hey." However, you want to talk about this issue to your constituency, being able to nuance a threat and nuance it into the language, the culture, whatever it was for the constituency that you represent also gave us an ability to actually do work in a way that made a connect to the various constituencies that we represent. We saw that one other time in the last 15 years in Ohio. And that was when collective bargaining was under attack. And while it was a worker issue, we were able to nuance messaging in that campaign. Even if you were not a public employee or public service worker at that time, we were able to even talk to people in the community that we represent and say, hey, you may not be a government worker, but your auntie is or your cousin is or whoever. And being able to nuance so that people can see themselves the imminent threat trying to uh, take away one person, one vote. I think that worked for us again in this election. And even though they tried to, we had to do this work very hard and very fast, as long as we stayed focused on what we were trying to do, I think that helped us get the win.
3: I would agree with Petey. I think the unity of the coalition was a particular strength of our win. They were democracy groups. They were environmental groups like us. They were repro rights groups. We had groups representing police reform and unions and queer rights, all working together on the single goal to fight back on this issue. We all knew that if issue one passed, it would be a fundamental threat, not just voting rights, but progressive policy reform. So not only was there um, sort of acknowledgement amongst all the different groups, there was a very grassroots response with all these constituencies to defeat issue one.
4: Yeah, to echo what has already been said, one band, one sound, everyone's able to talk to their constituency. In a manner with which they needed to be spoken to to ultimately save democracy. Um, and then just investment, being able to invest in the field the way the grassroots organizations have always said, if you invest in the field, you will win. Um, I think we've seen that investment in this campaign. I know for us personally, we're not close to 80,000 doors. We're close to 10,000 conversations. And that's in three weeks. Without that investment, Akron and Summit County and Black people don't turn out. $23 million investment is very huge. And shows that if in this gerrymandered state, if we come together, one band, one sound, and get the investment we need, we will win, and we will win big, and we will not only protect the seats, but we will win the seats and in initiatives that we need to win for humanity to succeed in Ohio. Yeah,
0: it's beautiful. Yeah, and and you started to go into exactly where I want to start talking about, which is just like what the work actually looked like on the ground. You so you talked about how many people you were you were talking to in in Summit County in Akron. What was that like? What were those conversations like? How many people did you talk to? Where were you talking to people? What were you hearing from people on the doors? How did it shift? I know I'm sure you were out in June and then by July, more people knew about it. What were those conversations like?
4: Our program did get started until the end of July. And at that time, nobody, people we were talking to, nobody heard about it. We are predominantly black communities in Akron, talking to black people in Akron and Summit County, and hardly nobody knew about it. Um, So we were not only able to give them information, we were able to ensure that the rest of the household was registered to vote, but then also double back around to make sure they went and voted. We were able to talk to people twice, um, in some instances three times, register the whole family to vote, give them the vital information they needed, and then get them to the polls. With that, we were able to prepare ourselves for the longer fight by developing leaders. We got 15 people that we're bringing back, Um, Six of those people are going to be in leadership positions. Then we're already gearing up for our next orientation for the longer fight. So we're able to build leadership capacity through this campaign and really set ourselves up to continue to win big.
2: I want to also echo, too, the investment in the field was critical. And not just the field in general. That that was great, too. But particularly for organizations like the Freedom Black, my organization, Ohio Unity Coalition. That does this mobilization education work, particularly in black communities? He indicated he's in Summit County, Stark County. We go into Cuyahoga County, Franklin County, Lucas County, Montgomery County. We even uh, support Ray and I are often on the phone because we're all going after black voters and sharing resources. Like if I'm developing a door hanger. Can we put your logo on our door hanger? Can you use it to carry the lit? We did not do conversations on the door, but we actually got on the phones with voters back in June. The early investment that came from the um, people who wanted to make sure that all voters were represented in this organization, it gave us the ability to get on the phones. We started our campaign on phone banks rather than canvassing because we knew it was hot. We knew it was really short turnaround time. We don't have a built-in canvassing team. We hope to get that. If we get future investment, we hope to have a whole cadre of people trained and ready to go. But we knew we would have had to stand that up. And so we started out with phone banking, something that most of our canvassers and most of our volunteers know how to do. And we had those conversations with them. And he's right. Earlier on, not many people Any people in the Black community knew about this campaign, not paying attention. People were not used to a special election. Matter of fact, we didn't think we would even have a special election because the legislature did away with special elections. So this was like a a caught off guard kind of thing. And we were determined to make sure people in the Black community knew there was an election, that they knew what the deadlines were, that they only had until July 10th to get registered to vote in this election, and that they needed to know when the early vote schedule would be happening. That they would have 28 days and these are their 28 days. And so we began on the phones with these people. We developed a push card, a written document of what I just said. There's a, do you know there's a special election? Do you know what they're trying to do in this special election? Do you know what this is going to impact? How are you going to be impacted by this issue if it passes and or fails? Right. And giving people that information early on. And it wasn't too long when we started our campaign. Many people didn't know, but by the time we got to the final four weekend before election day, people were telling us on the phones. Yep. I heard about it already voted. Yep. I heard about it. And so getting that information out during the summer where people were at festivals or family reunions talking about it on the phone and, and the development of the people who volunteer to come back and help us win in the future. That was huge. Investment matters. It makes sense to invest in these kinds of um, organizations in particular that can get to the voters that the voters trust, that the voters recognize, because we're in a community even when there's not a big campaign going on. And so we talked to over 150,000 people on the phone calls, right? I haven't tallied up our lid drop that we did, but I do know we printed over 50,000 door hangers. And I do know that we probably moved all of them, maybe 1% did not get moved at the least. So I know that we actually got that many door hangers out to people. So it was a huge program, a huge amount of people that we were able to reach in. Once we do the math, we'll be able to tell you we were not everywhere. We were in certain precincts and we'll be able to recall those precincts and tell you which ones actually came out and voted.
3: The prioritization of field early on was particularly important. We were able to start canvassing uh, by late May. And I think that was a really, really important piece of our strategy. We were able to knock over uh, 76,000 doors and we talked to over 18,000 likely voters about this election. We talked to them not only about what this election would mean uh, for their voting rights, but basically for elections going forward. The ability to get started on that message and, and really to have like the first chance to kind of shape the narrative was very, very important. I'll also say that, you know, Ohioans are smart. And I think that was proven yesterday. But I think this issue, by design, quite confusing, I think there was an argument procedural rule and uh, could have gotten the weeds. And I think the conversations, particularly at the doors and the phones, to really lay it out for voters what this really means. They were trying, issue one would have taken away the right that Ohio voters had for over a hundred years um, to decide what's in their constitution. Being able to have those conversations and let them know, they would take that right away and the sort of policy ramifications of that just having those conversations at the door and just really having the sort of first conversation with voters and hearing even before they heard the commercials, even before they heard the media. I'll also say that being able to get out in front of some of the really awful rhetoric that we saw from the Vote Yes campaign was really, really important. People had already heard what this really meant and they were able to put aside some of the really awful vitriol that we heard, whether it was about reproductive rights, whether it was about trans people, And we were sort of able to counter that pretty effectively by having the sort of first say. So OCA, we really kind of focused in uh, Franklin and Cuyahoga counties, really focusing sort of both urban centers and the suburban areas and really talking to folks who um, were likely to basically vote, but maybe not every special election. And we knew that a lot of these voters were very likely to be receptive to our message, but we were honestly very concerned that they would not hear about this. That you know, would hear about this from anyone else. So we're very happy to have those conversations and let them know what this really meant.
1: considering all of these doors that were knocked, all of these calls that were made, like what are the lessons that we are going to take from this election and use going forward? Was there anything that surprised you? Any, as Kyle mentioned too, you know, intentionally confusing part of this and how are we going to use what we've learned going forward?
4: I think the biggest thing we got to use is to continue to use the hustle. Like, I think we've been, particularly people on this call have been saying, if you invest in the field, we win. We was able to prove that. And I think the biggest thing we could take away is the talking points of what we already know is true. When you make human contact with people, you can engage in meaningful conversations and they will go to the poll and vote for things that matter to them. And I think that's the biggest thing I'm taking from this campaign is that we can come together and we put human beings first um, we can make the right decisions for our people. If we get the investment, we can talk to all of our people and we can turn people out. What I'm most proud of is the fact um, that we did that. through Whatever disagreements, through whatever messaging disagreements we had, we realized the best thing for us to do was to talk to our people in a way that we normally talk to our people, continue to work together in that aspect. And then we made the funders fund the thing that we knew it was going to win. And that's what I'm most proud of.
2: And I agree. I think for us, in terms of a lesson, we marketed our campaign a little bit differently from the overall campaign because we wanted the voters that we were speaking to, to know that the message was being delivered to them by a coalition of uh, leadership, organizational leaders that are in the community and from the community, right? Right. And we took the no on issue one. And we know that most Black folks in the Black community can relate to historical red, green and Black colors. When you see those colors, you immediately think about, you know, the African-American struggle in this country. Earlier on, we told the campaign, look, we're going to say no on issue one the way the campaign message is. We get the frame. So we're going to use the frame. But we're going to nuance it and we're going to add color to it. So instead of our campaign being uh, red and blue, the way the campaign was, we use green and red and black to tell our story. And then we overlaid that during the Juneteenth celebration with gold because that gold color during Juneteenth is something that jumped out. And so we had T-shirts that said, celebrate Juneteenth, no one issue one, right? And it was red, green, black on a gold background. Someone said it would be great if we could, uh, you know, carry that gold throughout the campaign. One of our partners said that. We was like, well, there's no reason we can't because the June T-shirts are sharp. Let's just make it no on issue one. And so we, we did that. And not only did we stop there, so we took that and we marketed our campaign in those colors. And so every piece of literature we had had that in it. We designed a graphic that had that in it. Everything had that in it. And so people in the community knew that we were a part of the No campaign, but they knew that we were speaking to them every time they saw that gold piece of literature. They wanted our t-shirts. We did yard signs. We took the resources, again, that were given in this campaign and really took the investment and really had a chance to nuance it. So that people could relate to it and not only relate to the campaign, but relate to the people that were bringing them the message. Pastors were on board, Divine Nine were on board, Masons were on board. And then we, one last thing that also made us very proud Black Voters Matter is a national organization that does this work across the country, right? They called us up and said, hey, you know, we want to support what you are doing. And so they said, would it be helpful if the bus tour comes through Ohio? And we said, absolutely. So the bus was able to come in and support organizations like Minds and Rays and the NAACP and others who are doing this work in collaboration just to give the campaign some more visibility. They were able to share their swag. So many people, we had a T-shirt campaign that said, if you text three, you get a T. Voters could get a Black Voters Matter t-shirt and we had our volunteers sporting them. So people wanted them, right? Voters wanted them. How do I get one of those? I was like, you get one if you text three people and tell them to vote in this election. And they did. And we ended up giving away more than 500 shirts before the bus got here. And then the bus got here over the weekend and they gave away about 500 more shirts. So just using what we know works Um, with certain voters to draw attention. And everybody wants to be a part of something that they want to be associated with the campaign. So it's lessons like that, that we did. And there also there were challenges. Everything wasn't sugar, big, big challenges, like with um, making sure enough people were trained, making sure we can use the technology of how to text making sure that people knew how to use a predictive dialer and making sure people could get trained in enough time to make a difference. So those were some of the challenges, but we were most proud. And if you look at any coverage on MSNBC or some of the big stations, the person that is standing there with their fists raised with that gold shirt on, that comes from the Unity Coalition. And so um, we found ourselves in the campaign and we stood out distinctively in the campaign and we hope that it helped overall. So we're really proud of that.
3: I think one lesson that we really took away was that if we only focused on talking to voters who cared about the environment, we would not have been, you know, we would have been fractionally, you know, effective. The fact that we were able to work in coalition and work with all these folks who could help tailor our message to make it as effective as possible. And so many different groups really jumped in to help. Uh, that we're able to talk to as many people uh, and many voters as possible. And I really do hope we're able to carry that forward. I hope as many groups jump in to the reproductive rights amendment in, in November, um, as much as they did here, um, and just jump in as much as they can, really listening to the leaders there in terms of messaging, but really helping out. Because I think the really lesson of this campaign is the more organizations you have, the more sort of unity that you have a month that the more powerful we are. We really can't, if only organizations, you know, focus on their very, very specific issues, you know, we're not going to be able to win long-term in Ohio.
0: That's such a powerful piece right there. You know, how do we come together to fight against, you know, things that are interconnected? You know, when we get siloed into our own specific issues, it's hard to deal with the more systemic nature of the problems. And so things that make sure our democracy is fair, brings us all together, we have to stay together. We have to stay together.
2: And we have to be intentional about that, James. We have to be intentional. I was really mm -hmm. proud also, the person that's local here with me in the labor movement. You know, something as simple as not convening the meeting at the same location every time. So, you know, labor and some of the other people that were a part of the campaign, they would convene meetings like in my shop. Right. instead of having the meeting where they normally have it, they would come into our shop and have the meeting. And so just something being intentional about that. Every single time you go to Toledo and look at the footage, you see a very diverse celebration of what happened yesterday. And it was the same people that have been coming together every two, every two weeks back in May and talking about how do we fight this thing together. Those were the people that came together, stayed together, and actually were able to celebrate together the win, because it's easy for us to kind of get locked into our own little issue. But when we were able to kind of be in each other's spaces at different times and show up for each other's fights, that made a difference. And so when we got attacked together, we had no choice but to fight together. And but that's always the case. It's just that we don't always recognize it.
0: No, exactly, exactly. And earlier in the conversation, Peter, you you brought up um, 2011 and the fight to repeal Senate Bill Five. And last night, when I was at the watch party before the election had been called, someone asked me if I was feeling hopeful, and I said, "Yeah, I'm feeling hopeful. I think we got this." But he asked me, "When's the last time that you felt hopeful for a statewide election?" And that was the election I named the Senate Bill Five fight, and that was 12 years ago. And obviously, we have a couple more. Uh, really big elections coming up uh, this November. You know, we got to get people out to vote again for reproductive rights and for all sorts of races at the local level. In 2024, uh, we have, looks like there's going to be a redistricting ballot initiative launching any day. There's a top tier U.S. Senate race on the ballot. Obviously, there's a presidential election. How are your organizations going to keep building off of this momentum as we look to this fall and we look to next year?
2: Yeah, one of the things we're doing right now as we come in and try to wind down from this campaign is like, number one, we're not going to wind down. We're going to kind of just take a breath and then keep going, because what normally happens when you have a, a election a campaign and where you're struggling to make sure you have enough capacity and infrastructure, usually my campaign is just coming into spaces where we have the ability to kind of be around in between election cycles. So. Number one, we're not winding down. We're just going to take a break and then we'll continue to actually wind up to November so that we're ready for November. Being able to kind of keep engaging people in between the election cycle, I think, is something that we absolutely have to do. And if we do it enough times, it kind of prepares us for the long term. As people are coming in today, you know, to kind of, you know, doing an evaluation like what worth? How was it to talk to the voters? What could we have done differently? So we're doing a check on ourselves to make sure that we can have enough capacity to absorb some of the concerns that the people that went out and actually did the door knocks, right? They actually were on the phones. What did they think could have been different for them so that they can get a breakthrough? Every time they had a conversation with a voter and a voter said, thank you so much for sharing this information. I mean, we should have had a bell in here to ring because that was a connection. So making sure that the people that are doing the work know that their work is it really does matter, but making sure that we don't go 12 years before we have to put this kind of coalition together again. We got to figure out how do we support a struggling or small organization that's out here trying to do the work, not because they got $23,000 to do work around issue one. But because someone is making an investment so that Ray can have canvassers and staff and all the stuff that he needs all the way through from 2023 to 2024, all the way through to 2026, et cetera, et cetera. And so just making sure that we have, keep that in mind. We are not like big organizations. We're not big corporate, but we are small organizations that can do mighty things when we have the support of the entire infrastructure.
3: Ohio's is in action uh, education fund is also, you know, trying to keep that momentum. We're not slowing down. We're going to be canvassing for the Repro Rights Initiative in November. But I think a key piece of this is to find a way to keep sustained field presence in Ohio. Over the last decade, there's been a loss of field power here in Ohio, and that has been the detriment I think, of the movement and I think finding a way to keep that sort of grassroots firepower so we are able to do really powerful things like we did this year, not just in like the kind of surprise, off your things, but, you know, in November in 2024, with the Senate election coming up, early investment in field it's just so, so important. I do not think we could have had the impact that we had uh, with this particular election with issue one. Had we not been out the doors and out the phones um, starting in May and early June, and keeping that going from cycle to cycle in off years and on years is absolutely crucial.
4: Yeah, I think it's about you know organizational wide defining your north star and building towards that north star for ultimate freedom and liberation, and using these moments to continue to build, continue to develop leaders, and really map out a plan to use the resources wisely. You know, last Saturday. We evaluated all of our canvassers. We had a 30-person canvasser team, evaluated all of our canvassers and came up with between 12 and 15 that will come back on um, the 14th and began re-engaging voters, um, particularly around our issues, but also preparing them for the huge race ballot initiative in, in November, but then also getting them ready for next year and really just helping them understand that this thing is a year-round thing. There's some important things that's going to be on a ballot, but there's also important things that we need to put on a ballot that we need to send to our legislators and have the threat of putting on a ballot. And really just moving this thing forward, understanding that, you know, our ultimate goal is freedom and liberation. These other things that come in between, like the Senate race, redistricting ballot initiative, all those things become peak points that allows us to bring in resources to continue to develop the capacity and the base that we need to continue to win bigger and bigger every year. For us it's just about the north star and our ultimate goal is freedom and liberation.
1: I guess the final question is like what do we think that this means for Ohio? We've mentioned all of these groups coming in working in coalition together. All of these organizations, you know, working Towards this one main goal. Do we think this election is going to change the landscape in some ways? Uh, What are you all thinking about that part of going forward?
2: I think that organizationally, organizations, especially institutional organizations, they have an obligation to represent, especially if they're a membership-based organization, they have an obligation to represent the members. And so That will always be a priority for many organizations that were part of this coalition, right? I hope we all don't go back to our respective corners the way we did after the 2011 election. We have to understand, I think it's clear now that what has been demonstrated here, like the three organizations that are on this call, we can make a difference that the campaign's Of the bigger organizations, they cannot win without our organization, right? They can't do it by themselves. They're not big enough, they're not strong enough. And so I always tell, as a former labor person, when labor was actually in decline, I said, You guys can't win the big fights the way you used to could because your membership is declining. We've got to find a different way to make sure that the candidates and the issues that you support are supported by others who agree with you. And in order to do that, you got to be a good partner. So while you might have to go back to your corner and represent the membership, when you are writing checks, when you are thinking about how you share resources, whether it's office space that a small group can come in and work out of because they have no other place to do deploy their canvas, you got to think about that kind of stuff. And you got to be willing to open your doors up a little bit more so that you can strengthen or organization that is not your membership base, but you strengthening them intentional because you know that in order to get to your next win, you might need them and they won't be able to help if we're handicapped because we are not a part of your how you think about your infrastructure. So I think that expansion that we saw in this campaign has to be deliberate. It has to be intentional. We have to use it in 2023. We got to use it in 2024 and even beyond, because then we will have a strong progressive movement in Ohio that can contest for the kinds of things that we want to. And then we won't have to be uh, worried about, you know, nothing beats organized money, but organized people. And so the other side has organized money. They got special interest money, but we got the people. And so we have to make sure that we are taking care of all of the different people that are part of the progressive movement so that we can beat out that special interest money. I mean, Uline was writing some big checks, right? He was writing some really big checks, but we got the people out there. We had the foot soldiers out there. So we got organized and we beat his organized money. I do think
3: it's a great start. And I think it's a great opportunity for us to shift the narrative on what's possible in Ohio. Like PD, I think a lot about membership of our organization and other organizations and what we owe to them. And I think not only we owe to them sort of like continuing education and, you know, always, you know, keeping touch with them, but also connecting all of our issues to every other issue. When I talk to folks who very much care about sustainable environment for Ohio, I tell them, you know, we can't you know, push for progressive energy solutions and progressive sustainable solutions if we don't have democracy, right? If we don't have the ability to lobby our government in a democratic way. So, you know, we have a responsibility to go to our membership and connect them to all these other, you know, pieces that are going on and letting them know when it's something that threatens either democracy or reproductive rights or LGBTQ rights, how that affects everyone else. And making sure that we can build a cohesive movement. So when our membership, something happens and, you know, a constituency is threatened, our membership is able to come out and defend all the others.
0: Thank you all so much for being part of this conversation today and sharing your wisdom, telling the story of the work that you did, your organizations that did on the ground across the state in so many different communities to make sure that people were educated about this issue, make sure people turned out. And I know that your organizations are not just here for the summer, but here for the long haul. And as Ray said, you know, keeping that North Star squarely in focus. I know your organizations are doing that um, and have been doing that and have been getting wins for your communities for a long time and are going to continue to do so. And I'm really excited to continue to work with you all and all the rest of the partners and organizations and people around the state who took action. You know, at Ohio Voice, our our North Star is really building progressive power. You know, no matter what issue it is, it's about, like, just like you said, PD, you know, organized money versus organized people so often. And it's organizations like yours that are out there organizing people to fight for their self interest. What we saw this summer is, I think, what we're going to continue to see us coming together, being able to build that type of coalition. For all my Game of Thrones fans, I think about it as Man's Raiders Army, but, you know, just coming together across our differences. You know, those in power are always trying to separate us, divide us, pit us against one another, whether it's issues of race or gender, class, Um, they want to distract us from what's really going on and that they're trying to take power for themselves. And that was so squarely evident in this issue, it's really waking Ohioans up. Um, We saw, obviously, we saw the corruption with House Bill 6. We've seen the many attacks on voting rights. Um, And now with this most recent very blatant attempt to establish minority rule. I really think we're on the precipice of a good stretch. So really, really appreciate y'all joining us. Sarah, anything you want to say before we wrap up?
1: Thank you everyone for joining and for chatting about all of the amazing work that you've done. I, as someone who has done door-to-door canvassing and such, I am so incredibly blown away by people who can do that with issues as like contentious as this. And I just I'm really grateful for all your work and so glad that we got to have a celebratory call today.
0: That's right. It's really amazing to get a win. It feels good to get a win. Before we go, uh, how can folks find out more about your organizations?
2: So Ohio Unity Coalition, one of the things that we were literally building as we were uh, building the plane and flying it at the same time, uh, we retooled our website right at the very beginning of this campaign. And while I thought that the webmaster was going to be able to get it up in a week, it's an ongoing process. But we do have a pretty cool website um, that you can go to www.ohiounity.org and subscribe. And then we're going to one of the first things we're going to work on for all the many people that subscribe because we had our QR code out there. And I mean, we drove a lot of traffic to our website. Um, we're going to put together a newsletter. So that'll be one way you can stay in touch with us. Additionally. We um, have a presence on social media, so you can follow us on at Ohio Unity on Facebook and Instagram. And I don't know what's going on with Twitter because they they did something in the middle of the campaign. They became X. So I don't know if you can still find us on Twitter. But once we figure it out, we'll put it out there. I don't know whether we're still the same that we were before. That was our handle before this new thing, and so um, social media, Facebook at Ohio Unity Coalition on Instagram and Facebook.
4: Yeah, you can follow our website, the thefreedomblock.org. T h e f r e e d o m b l o c .dot org, and on all social media platforms at the Freedom Block.
3: You can find us at ohiocitizen.org slash education fund. You can go there to um, sign up to join our member list to learn more about us, um, volunteer. You can also find us at social. We're all over Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days, Facebook and Instagram.
0: Any final words of inspiration for the listeners who are listening from either in Ohio or outside of Ohio, but everyone cares about the future of our state?
4: Let's keep the fight going. Talk to your neighbors. Let's keep the fight going.
2: We've got the solutions. We've got the solutions. We just need the people and put it out there and keep moving. So, you know, we had the momentum, and I think we can
3: use it to hopefully win in November and 2024.
1: Thanks again to Petey Talley from Ohio Unity Coalition and Black Ohio Leaders for Democracy, Kyle Markham from Ohio Citizen Action Education Fund, and Ray Green Jr. from the Freedom Block.
0: And thanks to everyone who knocked doors, hosted community discussions, made phone calls, wrote postcards, and spread the word. Because of your work, Ohio is a better place to live, and majority rule is protected. Now it's time to celebrate, time to rest, and then regroup and gear up for the November general when the right to have an abortion will be on the ballot, which we discussed on our last podcast episode, and you can listen to.
1: Visit whatsgoodohio.com for show notes and links to the organizations represented on today's show and subscribe to What's Good Ohio, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time to keep talking about what's good here in Ohio.